0: Pulling Down Strongholds in Our Minds. That's the title of our sermon this morning. Pulling Down Strongholds in Our Minds. What is a stronghold? That which holds you strongly. <laughs> that is a stronghold. Pulling Down Strongholds in Our Minds. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses uh, 3... verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the third verse reads, for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let's bow for prayer. O God, we bless you. We praise your holy name. Thank you for the opportunity to sing your praises. We ask now that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit please teach us from your holy word. Help us in the power of your spirit to have right minds to live with the mind of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. What does it mean to live with the mind of Christ? Our monthly theme has been a focus on the mind of Christ, we have noted so far from Philippians chapter 2 to live with the mind of Christ means to focus upon others, focusing upon others, that is the mind of Christ. And just as our Lord Jesus exemplified this principle in his work of redemption, there in Philippians 2.8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So the mind of Christ is others focused, focusing upon others. And then last week we stressed the fact that we need to take personal responsibility for our thoughts and we need to choose to think biblically. It is our choice. It's your choice, it's my choice how you and I choose to think. And as Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 spells out it gives us Uh, some guidelines on how you and I are to think and the verse concludes with think on these things. So we need to take responsibility for our thoughts and we need to choose to think biblically and we also gave some examples of wrong thoughts. We noted from uh, Mark chapter 5 how the man of the Gadarenes in facing and yielding to Jesus Christ in his life, he had a right mind. And we gave a solemn warning of some wrong thoughts, thought patterns that we can entertain in our minds. Such as a faint mind, or a shaken mind, or a double minded individual, or have a reprobate mind. And we noted the importance of having our minds renewed with the Word of God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it teaches us that we need to be. Renewed in our minds and it's the precious Word of God that has the ability to purify our minds and to uh, deal with those wrong mindsets and replace them with Biblical thinking. Now, I mentioned the other week that within the Scriptures the word mind is mentioned no less than 137 times. And I would strongly, strongly encourage you, if you are inclined to do a word study, study the word mind. It's not that much, 137. Um, And you will find a comprehensive, uh, you will have a comprehensive understanding of what the Bible teaches on the mind. You don't need to waste your time reading psychologists. You can go to the book, the blessed book, God who created all things, created man on day six with a mind and God tells us what can infiltrate our minds and the Bible teaches us how we can have a right mind and the Bible teaches us what a right mind will be like. So even though we have the mind of Jesus Christ at salvation, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it is the process of sanctification, spiritual growth, in other words, that we will manifest fully the mind of Christ. And this is a working progress because we battle with our sinful nature. We battle with the world and we battle against an adversary called the devil. And here in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3, The Apostle Paul makes this statement, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In other words, the Apostle said we live in the world, we live in a world that we can see, but we battle within a spiritual world that we cannot see. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In Ephesians chapter 6, please. He puts it this way. Note there in Ephesians chapter 6. Note there in verse 12 it reads, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, we live in a world that we can see, we can see with our naked eye. But we battle within a spiritual world that we cannot see. The weapons of this world are uh, knowledge, For example, influence, credentials, philosophy, who you know and such like. But the weapons that Paul refers to are spiritual and they are powerful. As it reads there in verse number 4, for the weapons of our warfare, of spiritual warfare, are not carnal they are not physical but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds that which has a strong hold on you and i that is within our minds so within this passage of scripture the apostle paul is addressing this spiritual Battle, this warfare that is taking place, and he's specifically addressing the battleground of the mind. The battleground of the mind. Your mind, my mind, is a spiritual domain, it's a spiritual domain. And we need spiritual weapons to pull down thoughts and imaginations out of our minds. Thoughts and imaginations that are contrary to God. They are contrary to the Nature of God, that is His person and work. Note then verse number 5, it talks about casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, the nature of God, what we know about our God, His person, His workings. This battle that prevails in our minds And then it goes on to say in verse number 5, And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We need spiritual weapons to pull down thoughts and imaginations that are contrary to our God, the knowledge of God, the nature of God in his person and work, and also the will of God, obedience to God. Those thoughts, those imaginations that are acts of disobedience, in other words, not marks of submission to the will of God. We need to cast them down. So what are these weapons to be used in spiritual warfare? What are the main weapons in combating the enemy? This battle that prevails in your mind and my mind. Because your mind and my mind is a battleground. And we need to guard our minds. The Bible teaches us we can have a right mind. But it's not natural. It is spiritual. It is spiritual. And the main weapons of combating the enemy are spelled out there for us in Ephesians chapter 6, please. Let's turn there one more time. In Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 18 we are strongly encouraged to put on the whole armour of God, verse 11, to stand against the wiles of the devil because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, we've stressed that point, the battle that prevails around us is not on a physical level, there's a greater battle taking place in the background spiritual battle and therefore we need to put on the whole armour of God and then from verse 14 down to verse number 18 portions of this armory are spelled out verse 14 it talks about truth and righteousness and the gospel of peace and Verse 15. and Then verse 16, the shield of faith. Faith is part of that spiritual uh, armour that we had to put on. And then verse 16, uh, 17, pardon me, it talks about the helmet of salvation, having the assurance of our salvation then verse 17 goes on to say and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God this is an offensive portion of the armour of God, the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and also verse 18 is also an offensive weapon not defensive offensive, advancement this is what we fight with We put on truth. We put on righteousness. We are prepared to share the gospel of Christ. We maintain the shield of faith. But we battle with the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. And we are praying how often? Always. Talk to me. Always. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So God's Word and prayer are part of God's armory, so to speak. They are the portions that we use to physically or spiritually battle against the forces of evil. God's word and prayer. And our Lord Jesus gives us a prototype for spiritual warfare there in Matthew chapter 4 please, Matthew chapter 4 where he illustrates for us And gives us the chief example of using the sword of the Spirit in combating the attacks of the devil. And there in Matthew chapter 4, our Lord has just fasted for some 40 days. And the Bible teaches us in verse 1, then, Jesus, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungry. So we have from here on down to verse number 11... Our Lord Jesus gives us a prototype for spiritual warfare, how we pull down strongholds. Those strongholds, the strongholds of the devil, using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And this is the key the Word of God. Of course, praying always. That should go without saying, praying always. There in the third verse, when the tempted came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, the devil first and foremost questioned our Lord's sonship. If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. If you are really one with God the Father, you are the Son of God. Show me by turning these stones into bread. Because you must be hungry. You've been fasting for 40 days. And the Lord Jesus pulled out the sword of the Spirit, there in verse number 4, and said, It is written... He quotes out of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 3. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So the Lord Jesus pulls out the sword of the Spirit to combat the attack of the devil, questioning his sonship. And then we uh, read on where he questions his authority over angels. Note there in verse 6, And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up. So he questions the His authority, he questions his sonship, he questions his authority over angelic beings. This second test took place in the temple there in Jerusalem and he said, cast yourself down and have angels, prove your authority, have angels catch you, save you. And then note then verse 7, Jesus said unto him, Let's say it together, it is written again. This time the Lord Jesus quotes out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. And then the devil, being persistent, questions his preeminence. And he takes him into a very high mountain according to verse number 8. And he shows our Lord all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to the Lord Jesus, in verse 9, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him in verse 10, get thee hence Satan. Once again, it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. This time he quotes out of Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13. The Lord Jesus loves the book of Deuteronomy. Most of us can't spell it correctly. What a shame. Our Lord Jesus quotes more often out of the book of Deuteronomy than any other Old Testament book. And shamefully, most of us can't even spell the book, the name, Deuteronomy. So he quotes out of chapter 8, he quotes out of chapter 6 twice, he pulls out the sword of the Spirit to combat the attacks of the devil. So he gives us, our Lord gives us a prototype on how you and I can practically deal with those attacks within our minds. We need to pull out the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If we are to practically have the mind of Jesus Christ We need to deal with wrong thoughts in our minds. We need to deal with wrong thoughts, wrong imaginations in our minds. How can we deal with wrong thoughts and wrong imaginations in our minds? We do so by putting on the whole armor of God and making use of those portions of the armor that are offensive. We we defend ourselves with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and praying always. Our dependence is upon God. To use his word to pull down imaginations, thoughts that are contrary to God and are in opposition to the will of God, obedience to Jesus Christ. Specific verses. We note from Matthew chapter 4 that our Lord used specific verses in dealing with with each attack. And so likewise we need to use specific verses in combating the attacks of the evil one. The devil is not all-powerful, but he is powerful. He can plant evil thoughts in your mind. He can do that. Note there in John chapter 13. John chapter 13 Gospel of John chapter 13 Note there in verse number 2 It should be The Gospel of John chapter 13 Verse number 2 It reads And supper being ended that is the evening meal, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him. So there it is. Put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray him the devil is not all powerful but he is powerful and he can plant wrong thoughts in our minds but not only the devil wrong thoughts can enter our minds via the influence of, of the world and simply because we have a sinful flesh haven't you from time to time caught yourself and said to yourself where did that come from Talk to me. Where did that come from? It could have come from your sinful nature. It could have come from what you read or heard. Or you saw. Or it could be a direct attack of the devil where he plants a thought in your mind that is against the knowledge of God and not in harmony with God's will and you sort of catch yourself you find maybe it's just me I'm only the pastor <laughs> and all of a sudden you're thinking something and you're to. that's unacceptable where did that come from I'll tell you where it came from. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Your mind, my mind, is a spiritual domain. And if we are to have the mind of Christ, we need to be prepared to battle. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So what is this process of pulling down strongholds in our minds? What are some strongholds in your mind at the moment? What is a stronghold? That which holds you strongly. It's up here. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, please. What are some examples of strongholds that can prevail within the mind of an individual? It could be the stronghold of Guilt. There's a lot of people living on welfare and living off the government. They can't get their act together. And many of these individuals are struggling with guilt. There's a stronghold of guilt. Maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's anger, maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's worry, maybe it's worry, anxiety, depression, Jealousy, selfishness, covetousness, lust, strongholds. See, upon identifying those strongholds, that which is dominant in your mind... That which has supremacy in your mind, we need to identify that stronghold and we need to deal with that stronghold, spiritually speaking. Because your mind is a spiritual domain. Your brain is a physical organ. Your mind is a spiritual domain that needs spiritual medication. And God's medication is here the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful. And when we pull out the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and we use it to combat the attacks of the devil, in our minds we can have a right mind. We can have victory over lust in our minds. Depression. Anxiety. Guilt. Anger. Because the Lord Jesus pulled out the sword. He said to the evil one, It is written, it is written, it is written. Now in going back to Second Corinthians chapter ten, in verse number five, we are given the process. pulling down strongholds. So in our genuine desire to live with the mind of Christ practically though we have the mind of Christ positionally at salvation we've got to be mindful we battle against the world, the flesh and the devil so therefore we need to address this spiritual battle in here that we cannot see with our naked eye but we know it's there with spiritual armory. Note then verse number 5 it reads casting down Casting down. This means to lower, to lower. It literally has the idea to lower to the point of demolishing. You've all seen a house demolished. We see it regularly in our area. House has been demolished, flattened, disappeared, destroyed. Casting down down. we need to cast down. The same base word is translated take him down in Mark 15 verse 36, where the critics looked upon the Lord Jesus upon the cross and said, why doesn't he call Elijah to take him down off the cross? It's translated put down in Luke 1, verses 51 and 52. Pulled down in Luke 12, verse 18. And the same base word is translated destroyed in Acts chapter 13, verse 9, where it refers to Joshua conquering and claiming on the behalf of the nation of Israel, the promised land. We are to cast down, we are to deal with those strongholds. Our problem is that we let them roam. Talk to me. We let them freely move about our minds. But God's saying, cast it down. Talk to yourself by saying things like, this is not acceptable. This anxiety is not acceptable. It's not in harmony with the knowledge of God what I know about my God. Why am I afraid? When Jesus said a number of times, be not afraid. And this fear is holding me back from doing what God wants me to do. It's against the knowledge of God and it's contrary to obedience to Christ. Not acceptable. I'll cast it down. Then it goes on to say in verse 5, look at this. You should have this verse underlined. No brag, but fact. In fact, you should have this verse memorised. With all the junk and the rot that prevails today, all around us, you know, I thought about you on Monday morning, and I decided I'll just, I'll just click on Sky News. And note what some of us are probably looking at on Monday morning as far as what's happening in the news. And I made a note of the main headlines. Didn't bother to read any of them. Some tennis player having a tantrum and smashes his racket because he loses. That was one of the main stories. And I think some bloke that killed a, a baby and so many people died in a certain country in a plane accident. And I'm thinking, what's that got to do with us? Without well, being unkind. And out of all of the main headlines, Negative, 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 negative. Of no value, no profit to one's mind. So you and I need to discern those strongholds that can enter into our minds. And we need to cast them down, casting down, note the next word, Imaginations. Note the word is in the plural. Can you see that? Plural. Estimations. Reasonings. That which is not provable, it's an imagination. We spend a lot of time W- worrying about things, imagining things that will never occur. Oh, I might drop dead in three days. Well, you might. But why worry about it? You're a Christian. You're going to drop dead Eventually. But it's not in three days. It might be a week. It might be before the end of this year. Casting down imaginations and then it goes on to say in verse 5, look at this, every high thing, everything that elevates itself, exalts itself, raises itself above, lifts itself up to the point where it's dominant in my mind. Against what? Against the knowledge of God, against what I know of my God. For example, if it's guilt... As Bible-believing Christians, the Bible assures us that God has cast our sins as far as the East is from the West. And if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But pastor, it keeps coming to mind. And I feel guilty sure you know where that's from the devil he's the accuser of the brethren he still tries to remind me of some of the stupid things I did as a teenager he remembers but I need to cast it down And quote, 1 John 1, 9. I'm forgiven in the person of Christ against the knowledge of God, what we know about our God. And then note there in verse number 5, it goes on to read, look at this, are you still with me? And bring into captivity... This word, captivity, is a great word. It means to rest. To rest and literally put in prison. And when you have someone in prison, you have control over that person. To rest, to put in prison, to take control of those unspiritual thoughts. To bring into captivity, it goes on to read every what? Thought. So we talk about imaginations, we talk about thoughts. That which we imagine could happen. Or we have a definite thought. We need to bring that into captivity and bring every thought to what to the obedience of Christ submission compliance to Jesus Christ in other words if the thought is not in some form honoring and obeying Christ for example we are doubting that God will provide for a need that we have, then we need to cast it down. Because what we know of our God is that He promises to provide our needs. So we combat that doubt by pulling out verses like Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Cast it down by using the Word of God. Let me ask you this morning, what, kind, what kinds of... Thoughts need to be cast down, pulled down, addressed, and put into captivity, controlled, that are contrary to God and God's will. Beloved, if you and I to have the mind of Christ we must be mindful that we that it will be a battle it doesn't come automatically it's this process of sanctification and because we live in the world And we battle with our flesh, and there is a real devil out there. Just like he planted evil in the mind of Judas, he has the power to plant evil in your mind and in my mind. The devil can't possess you as a Christian because you are possessed by the Holy Spirit. But you and I can be influenced. He can plant evil thoughts in your mind, in my mind. So therefore we need to be vigilant. We need to put on the whole armor of God. And we need to have our sword ready and use it to combat the attacks of the evil. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not physical, they're spiritual. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. And every high thing, anything that exalts itself against what I know about my God, And bring into captivity, to imprison, control, every thought, in compliance, obedience, submission to Jesus Christ. Your greatest battle, my greatest battle, is here. Let's do it together. Come on. It's not me. It's here. But God has given you His Word. And if you and I will spend time in the Word daily, every day, have your mind renewed, By the word of God, not renewed by what's happening in this broken world. I said to a cousin of mine the other week, he was sharing about some tragedy that had taken place. And I said, Cousin, we live in a broken world. What do you expect? The world's broken, the world's negative. The world has turned their back on God. But for you and I that know Christ, we have hope. Our hope is Jesus Christ. And we need to fill our minds with this hope. This is hope. This is the word of God. We must fill our minds with the Word of God. And when the devil comes along and he plants these horrible thoughts in our minds, we need to pull out the Word of God and say, hmm, that's not right. That's contrary to God. And pull out that specific verse, it is written, and quote it. God will give you victory. May God help us to have the mind of Christ. But it will be a battle. But God has given us the armor. We just need to use it. Let's bow for prayer.